All right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And we have another guest with us this week. Uh, you might know him from uh, his own podcast that he does for uh, Michigan Sports called the MT Sports Show. You can find it on Twitter at the MT Sports Show is the Twitter handle. Uh, with us is Michael Kowalski. How are things going, Michael? Pretty good. Um, we're just kind of prepping for um, the March Madness in uh, Michigan Wolverines. Uh Got a third seed in this this year's bracket. Um, we did an episode today uh, talking about that kind of stuff and what we saw. So that's pretty much our main focus um, right now is just Michigan basketball. Um, soon, Shea Patterson news might be coming up then. Um, some other things, but we can't ever we can never not stop talking about football. But just because it is Michigan football and it's uh, most popular thing among Michigan fans, so. Um, everything's good over here. And our podcast is going, doing pretty decent. We had did have to put it on the back burner uh, maybe a few months ago. Um, just some real life obligations we had to get to. Um, I have an internship I do, so it, it kind of starting that took a lot of time to do that. So um, we are picking it back up now and uh, doing pretty decent. We've moved to a new platform called Anchor, and uh, Anchor is is pretty pretty decent. Um, I think it's a little bit different than SoundCloud. Um, you have the own, your own app. Um, I recently, before that, I tried to uh, create my own app, and it was kind of more like a trial and error kind of thing. So um, moving to Anchor, they allow you to do a lot of different things, and it's, it's pretty simple. So um, I'm always trying to learn new things and see what uh, I can do to always better myself in the, in the podcast industry. Uh, so that's where we kind of stand with our things. So. Yeah, well, I remember when you guys did take that break, so I'm glad that you guys stuck with it and everything. If you guys haven't checked them out, I encourage you to look into that, look into uh, Anchor and their Twitter handle to check things out. Uh, We are, the Blue Brothers is specifically a Michigan football podcast, but we do touch on the other sports. And so tonight, since it is the following day after Selection Sunday, we will be following in similar footsteps and talking about the bracket here Uh, at some point, but we do want to start off with the football conversation. Um, So I will, uh, there's, there's a couple things to discuss. Uh, The main thing was there was an announcement that came out over the weekend uh, with a potential player coming to Michigan. Um, And so Craig, do you want to uh, start the conversation off with uh, what transpired this weekend? Well, obviously we're talking about Calvin Anderson, probably the at this point being, you know, since we got our commits come in, uh, you know, and, and trying to get to that position of that offensive line uh, possibility and getting somebody who's obviously somebody who's has a lot of experience as Calvin Anderson does from rice that he was transferring away from there um, to come to Michigan and probably at more than likely would start at, at that offensive tackle position, which would have been really great for Michigan. Um, the only problem was, is that you could see as time went around months and months went by, you could see that, uh, it was between Michigan and Texas. And to me, I was a little leery of it because you're talking about Texas and he's the guys from Austin and to pull him away from, uh, his hometown hometown boy around that area is pretty difficult to do. And especially rice being there and just, you know, 
you get you develop friendships. You get a lot of uh, you know families there, and to pull him away would have been really something pretty amazing. But um, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised by it. Um, you know, I think uh, Calvin Anderson had a lot of love for Harbaugh and what was happening at Michigan, but I just think that he wanted to stay home and you know play in at Texas. So. Now, when I uh, I have been talking to some people recently this week leading up to it and everything, and I heard qu- uh, quite a few people on the hopes that he would be coming to Michigan from what they were hearing. I, um, on the other hand, heard, and kind of like Craig was saying, it's going to be tough to pull him away from Texas. So I was kind of prepared for what happened. Uh, Michael, what were some of the things, I don't know if you were hearing or your thoughts on the situation. It was a bummer to miss out on a target. I know some people were putting out, oh, oh, well, you know, he's from Rice. How big of an impact would it be? But considering our situation on the offensive line, any help would be more than welcome. So uh, what did you hear about the situation? What were your thoughts on that? Um, initially, I heard that, you know, Michigan was in a good position to, to land Calvin Anderson. But um, as the process went on, I, I just kind of felt like, he added, started to add more schools. This, he had Michigan and Texas, and then he started to add Auburn and Oklahoma. And then I kind of started to feel like, uh, well, maybe he's starting to consider more options. And um, I knew Michigan was in a good position for the most part. Um, and they, I think they did have a connection with uh, Ed Warner and uh, Calvin Anderson's dad, I believe. There was a connection. That I'm not really, really sure what the connection was. Um, it goes back, obviously, further than the knob just recently. But um, I thought Michigan obviously was in a good position, but – Pulling a kid out of Texas, as far as the transfer goes in recruiting, it's it's tough. I think Michigan's only landed two kids out of the state of Texas. Um, you know, he had recently in the last year's cycle, I think it was uh, um, Chuck Filiaga, and then um, and then you had Mustafa Muhammad out of this class. So um, that's two kids out of Texas that I I mean I know of, but and they, there could be more in recent classes. But it's very hard to pull kids out of Texas and California. Uh, really great states to recruit and there's just a lot of talent in those states and michigan does the best they can they've been able to pull some talented kids out of florida so um i i just was uh kind of hearing some good things and then some smoke and then um you know i think just at the end of the bit i didn't think he was going to come to michigan which is unfortunate michigan needs some help on that tackle position i think that's one of the things that's been holding them back for quite some time now and um I know one guy that I'd like to see start at that position, but we'll see if that actually happens or not. So, um. yeah, it it was unfortunate, and I had heard more things before Drevno uh, was no longer with the program. So when that happened, I was, um, I was at a little bit of a loss because I wasn't exactly sure. I didn't know if Drevno had a positive or negative impact. I didn't know what uh, Warner was uh, was in the situation, and so I real that that was the reason for me where I really didn't have a strong leaning on what was going to happen on Saturday because of that recent mm-hmm. change and everything. So, uh, but kind of finishing that off, and we've we've said this kind of before. It's good to see that some change is happening. Um, obviously, that's been a huge talk and everything for anybody with uh, Michigan football, but that with the offensive line issues that there has been some change. So things will look different next year. And uh, considering how things have been, it appears that it's probably going to be better than worse. uh, Well, 
Yeah, you have Anderson. I mean, and the reason, another probably big reason was, you know, you're going to an improved Texas team that, you know, seems to recruit really, really well. But um, um, a new coach coming in, you know, doing well. And then you got, uh, he he automatically goes into Texas as an upgrade at their offensive line too. So uh, it's not like Texas is, he, he's going to have to be, you know, fight for a position there. He's automatically going to go into that and fight and pretty much beat out. He's an upgrade from Okafor, who's in the offensive tackle position too. So um, he's got that going for him. He doesn't have to go far. So yeah, it makes sense. Uh, my question would be to like Michael and you, Caleb would be, um, you know, who, who, who do you see kind of filling that position? I mean, obviously I think Michigan fans are looking at this and saying, you know, we're hoping for good news for Grant Newsom, who, automatically is a stud at that position but yeah you know getting that sitting out 2017 with the injury i mean who do you see do you see james hudson in that uh filiaga at that position uh out of those three who do you see moving into that position that we're probably going to need help at well i'll let michael answer because it sounded like he had somebody in mind before he finished talking so um, you know, you kind of mentioned a guy that I was had on my mind too, and it was James Hudson. Um, he was recruited as obviously a guy on the defensive side of the ball, pretty pretty big, massive talent out of uh, I think it was Ohio. Um, so he seems like he's can he can be more versatile and play on the offensive line. And if you look at Michigan's problems, it doesn't it's not on the defensive side of the ball because they only lose Mo Hurst and. Uh, you know, prayers out for Mo Hurst because that's some sad news. But, um, you know, James Hudson, I think he can play on that left side or right side, depending on if Newsom's healthy or not. But the biggest question with Newsom is can he return from an injury that was almost I mean, potentially career ending? And um, if he is, then I think he, he should be able to start that left tackle spot um, and maybe put Hudson in there. Um, just depends on. Um, how well Warner can get these kids up to speed and how well he can develop them. And I know that's one thing Tim Drevno kind of struggled with, with his, uh, his guys and big, bringing in Greg Fry, bringing in two guys. Uh, maybe their personalities were not the greatest. Maybe I don't know too much about Greg Fry. Um, I know he worked with Michigan in the past, but um, that was the past and this is the Harbaugh regime. So um, I think Tim Drevno kind of maybe rubbed some people the wrong way a little bit whether who you talk to, but hopefully Warner can get these guys up and develop them. I know he can recruit. That's for one thing. So we'll see if that make it makes an effect or not. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting to see for sure. And um, talking about recruits and where they came from and everything, uh, we're going to take a moment here. I know that we came off the um, excitement and everything of national signing day this year. Um, first year with the early signing period. Uh, looking at 2019, just as a little bit of a touch base on some of the names that we are looking at that we're going to be keeping an eye on that uh, some of the fans might want to be familiar with as uh, the recruiting goes here throughout the 2018 year. Um, I know that uh, Craig and Michael, this is more of your front uh, did one of you want to start the conversation on a recruiter two that you're watching for 2019 that Michigan has on their target list? Well, I think there's a couple guys. I mean, if you look, really look, I think Michigan's really going to hit at the offensive tackle position. Um, and if you look, it, in 
fact, some of the best, some great offensive tackle guys are in Michigan themselves, and and specifically at Bellevue, uh, Belleville. Um, a lot of guys there. Uh, you know, you're talking about uh, Devonte Dobbs is a really high, high four, around almost a five uh, star recruit um, offensive tackle, you know, 6'4", 270 pounds, really big guy. I think Michigan's going to try to go after them. Uh, we lost out on Barnett going to. Um, um, going to Michigan state, which was really tough to do. But, uh, I think, uh, Michigan's going to start hitting in town, uh, hitting their state pretty well. I mean, you look at, there's another one, Bradford, he's, he's from Muskegon. He's a really good one too. Um, but, uh, Spencer Brown, um, he's, um, from Com- commerce township, really good guy. I mean, big, uh, these guys are strong. Uh, he's tall, but he's not too big. He's, he's two ninety five, but, uh, uh, those are certain guys I think Michigan's going to go after um, that they really need help for. So I would I, I would expect them to really push hard to get uh, probably Devontae Dobbs. So. Yeah, um, Dobbs is a guy that I don't think you can let slip away. Um, no. No. You know, I just think he's too talented a kid to let slip away. He's in your own backyard. Um, and that's Michigan's got to got to maintain that uh, pipeline in, in Michigan. Um, my favorite recruit though um, is Anthony Solomon for uh, St. Thomas Aquinas out of Florida. Um, he's a linebacker, can kind of fly around the field. Um, I think he's a guy that they, they they've got to land, but they're in competition with Miami right now, and uh, my he seems really like Miami. So I've talked to him a few times, and he said that. Um, he's got a, He's keeping his options open, but you know he obviously likes Miami and Michigan, and uh, it's a hard state to recruit. Florida, uh, Michigan's had success with it, but um, just the question remains to be seen if they'll sustain success in the state of Florida. Um, they do have connections there, so um, we'll see. Um, another guy I like is uh, James Sampson. He recently visited Michigan this past uh, weekend, I think it was. Um, he's from Avon, Indiana. I think he's a guy that um, Michigan is going to be targeting because they have another few running back recruits uh noah kane um is another guy but those guys are going to be really really tough to um pull you know they're they're really especially uh noah kane he's being touted by every single school in the country it seems like so um those two those two guys are uh um i I like those two guys and um my third guy is uh cade mcnamara Um, he just recently decommitted and uh, i think michigan's going to be putting full court press on him to um, get a commitment out of him. So, um, you know, I think that they need a, need a recruit, a quarterback recruit in this year's class. Um, so, you know, they did get Joe Milton in this year's previous class, but they lost uh, Kevin Doyle, um, which Kevin Doyle, he's a pretty cool guy. I've talked to him a few times. So uh, um, congratulations for him to committing to uh, Arizona. So, um, but um, Michigan's 2019 class is going to be really great. So, um there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent in that class it's from top to bottom too so um yeah yeah there's a lot there's a lot that people were feeling was missed out with the 2018 class i mean every year's up and down unless you're someplace like alabama um but yeah there's been a lot uh already i mean even before the 2018 class ended for the looking at the 2019 class so um yeah i'm I know a lot was talked with the um, offensive line recruits, and that that's something that probably I'm looking at closer than anything else. I mean, 
Uh, Michigan's got, got two that are pretty heavy on them right now. Trent Jones out of uh, Georgia, who's a four-star. And then the other one was, I'm trying to remember, uh, Nolan Rumler uh, out of Ohio. So they're going to be pushing yeah, he's a big. Okay. He's a big physical guy. Nolan, Nolan Rummer is a big physical kid that I, I think you need him. You got to make sure he doesn't get uh, swayed by another program because I know that Notre Dame is probably wanting to get him to decommit from Michigan. I, I just feel like that he's a guy that's going to be swayed different ways, and hopefully Michigan can hang on to him, especially especially after they lost. Um, I know there are two different positions. Um, you know, Rummer's a guard. But Logan Brown from uh, East Kentwood, they lost him to Wisconsin, and I think that was kind of a bigger loss for Michigan, in my opinion. Um, he's an in-state guy, and Michigan struggles with the tackle position, and um, he committed to Wisconsin after that Wisconsin-Michigan game. So hopefully Michigan can get him in the fold and ha- make him flip. But um, you know we'll see because Dobbs is that headliner of that tackle class, and uh, you know. So. Yeah, absolutely, and I do remember that happening, and that was uh, kind of a gut punch there with losing that. Um, yeah, and then uh, I bring up Rumler, if you don't mind. Um, you know, just like uh, Michael was saying, just big physical guy, um, yeah. out of Akron. Just to hold on to him, you're really gonna have to keep this guy on your team. Um, we're talking, I believe he's like number four in his position and. You just got to that, – that's a guy that's going to do a lot of damage here at Michigan. And he's – how important is he going to be? And then obviously um, I think it's interesting how Harbaugh is using – he's using that kind of pipeline. He's kind of moving towards, you know, uh, getting two guys out of Georgia is really interesting and in that uh, he knows that Georgia seems to be – and we talked about this. We talked about in our other, uh, other shows, Caleb, about um, – how ebb and flow, how recruiting happens, you know, you get, sometimes you get the state of Michigan has all the recruits in Ohio always seems to have really good players. And then you get uh, uh, states that seem to be a haven for great football players. And then you, now it seems to be in the past five, you know, four to five years seems to be Georgia and Georgia seems to be having a lot of uh, success. You know, obviously Georgia Bulldogs doing really, really well. Uh, I'm going to the championship game, but, uh, and seeing Harbaugh kind of really network that place is, is really a testament to see that Jim Harbaugh knows what he's doing. He knows what kind of players is out there and he knows they're big physical guys and then he's going to need them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So a couple names there, uh, to look at with the 2019 class, uh, sorry, obviously very early. So lots going to happen. Lots going to change. Uh, we'll see how that goes. One thing to mention here before we switch over to uh, the basketball conversation, you always have the great names in the recruiting uh, realm, and uh, one is on Michigan's list. There always ha- seems to be at least one that Michigan has on their list uh, and several of them throughout the whole country. But uh, I don't know if you can be a uh, name this year like Steel Chambers. So, Oh, oh that's a good one. That's that's a good one. I like that one. That's yeah. a good. That's a good pick right there. I was just, I, you know, what's crazy about that? I had his name in my mind like a few minutes ago, and then you said his name, and it's almost like we were on the same same wavelength. That's 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 cool, man. I like that. Yeah. He's a he's a he might be a tough pull, but I, if he comes to Michigan, that would be a huge get. So. 
Or, you know, Michigan could also, you know, if that doesn't work out, I know we're really pushing really hard to get Crouch out of uh, North Carolina, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. Great running back. Um, uh, crazy, but yet he's got Michigan up there high on his list. So that would be another guy we really need to go after really, really hard. So Cabarrus uh, Crouch out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. He's the number 18 player and running back so he big physical great running back if you haven't seen tape on him he's really good too so. yeah north carolina doesn't get it's not a state that really gets talked about much oh. for recruiting i mean not it doesn't seem like there's that much blue blood talent down there and then you have him come up um so it's you know it's interesting they have a lot of running backs that they are looking at and if michigan misses out on as many tackles that are in this in this class, 2019 class, if Michigan misses out on a lot of them, I, it would be really, really disappointing because there's there's a lot of talent. So they just got to get out there and recruit um, and just recruit hard. So this would be a question I can ask Michael, and you know, and see your opinion on this. It would be, and Caleb and I have talked about this. Is do you see uh, Jim Harbaugh using this kind of the multiple running backs? You know, three to four running backs being at his tenure here at Michigan, um, do you see it as a deterrent for sometimes some of these running backs being recruited to come to Michigan because they don't want to, um, they want to be the man, I guess you want to say, they want to be the primary back, you know, obviously I think every running back that comes to Michigan knows there's always going to be a running back that's going to offset them, um, to help them get some, you know, breather or whatever, or, or a change of pace back. But do you see some of these running backs not choosing Michigan because of, at times, seeing Jim Harbaugh go with the multiple backs? Well, my answer to that is it seems kind of like it's different. That's maybe just kind of like something to say because they didn't want to come to Michigan because you look at Georgia, what they've had success with multiple running backs, what, Nick, Nick Chubb, Sonny, Sonny Lacey, uh, um, you know, I think when they had Noshan Moreno there, so they've had multiple running backs. So the same with Alabama. Um, they've had multiple running backs. Um, you look at LSU, maybe, if, I don't know, it's quite a while back. Um, they had uh, multiple running backs too. So it's really maybe just how they are being recruited harder. And it's sometimes they're being recruited easier by these schools that are closer. Uh, Michigan's got to, you know, get out. You know, remember Michigan's way up here, you know, down south they've got – uh, you know, a lot of other schools that are right in their backyard. So, um, and if you look at Michigan, I, you can't really name a running back for Michigan that has been a dominant running back. I mean, they've what had two running backs that had, I mean, I don't think, uh, um, Hagan broke over a thousand yards this year, did he? Or was he? Mm, pretty close. Yeah, yeah, pretty, he was pretty close. close. So, I mean, they've they haven't really had too many dominant running backs as far as that goes. Um, and you look at these kids might be looking at these other schools um, that they've had, you know, better success with running backs. They can't, you can't outsell Al, what Alabama does with running backs. It's, it's very, very difficult to do. And um, these kids could be looking at other things too. Um, I don't really know if you guys want to get into that. It, it might be a different conversation. They might be looking at other things that Michigan doesn't entertain. Michigan usually entertains the um, the ethical way of doing things. So um, maybe that's what's going on there. So, yeah, I mean, do you say, you know, do we, you know, do, do we look at the grass is greener on the other side? Do we look at like someone like Saquon Barkley, who's obviously going to be in the top five in the draft coming up? 
And you take somebody like that who's a game changer, you get the ball in his hands anytime, and he makes things happen. So, you know, when's the last time Michigan's had a running back that you give the ball and good things happen? And since Mike Hart, you know, that Michigan has had a primary back that's done uh, pretty much the workload, and Michigan fans, you know, how long it depends on how long a fan like me, um, you know, there's times where you you kind of miss that, and you look at the you know Barkley and doing so well at Penn State. Um, I'm wondering if that's where Michigan fans want to see, or you know, I you know you brought up some good points with Alabama having the multiple backs. It really helps give them fresh legs. And they also gives them that fresh uh, going into the draft, you know, cause Wisconsin's known for using uh, just the one back, but yet riding them really hard <laughs> and them having really tough time in the NFL because they have so much tread on those tires. But uh, yeah, it's a good exactly. Yeah. If you, if I want to say this though, real quick, if you look at Michigan's offensive line and obviously we know it's, it's kind of like beating a dead horse and how they struggle. And that's, I hate talking about it sometimes because it's almost like the somber part of talking about Michigan football. But if you look at post-2007 for Michigan, their offensive line, you know, under a new regime, it seems like it suffered a lot. And oh, yeah. be, before, that, before that, you had Mike Hart. You even had Chris Perry back further than that. I think he was like 2003, 2004, um, I think. So they had a success with running backs that could do a lot with – a good offensive line that could create, you know, running lanes on a consistent basis. Um, the quarterback was a lot better. You had Chad Henney there. So, I mean, um, obviously Michigan had some losses in those, those uh, years, but different times now we're talking about here. So um, I think Harbaugh's trying to get back to that old way. So we'll see if he can do that. So. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And we'll be watching that as things move forward. Uh, with the recruiting classes and uh, moving forward then uh, as we come to our uh, closing topic here I mean we'll probably be discussing here for a while Selection Sunday was yesterday um, they had a little bit of a different format there but we have the uh, final brackets out and Michigan winds up landing in the west region <clears throat> and uh, there's people's thoughts and discrepancies on uh, all sorts of stuff for the uh, placement of teams and things like that. But coming in as the three seed out of the West, um, to mention some of the other higher seeds in that region, you have Xavier, who's the one, and then you have uh, North Carolina, the two seed, uh, like mentioned, Michigan is the third seed, and the four seed rounds out with Gonzaga. So uh, we're not going to go through, break the whole thing down, and give all our choices and everything. We might focus in on the Big Ten teams, uh, but I definitely want to get down to what our uh, thoughts are for the Final Four and maybe uh, a little bit on the uh, national championship game and outcome. Uh, Michael, what, uh, I actually noticed that earlier today you put out your Final Four, actually. So uh, do you kind of want to share your thoughts on Michigan and their region and then where it might wind up for a Final Four? Um, as far as Michigan regions go, yeah, I, I did set, submit my final four picks, and uh, I do have a lot of brackets. But I think Michigan, um, they set themselves up, obviously, where they're, where they're at right now. They're in a good position to reach a final four. Um, they have, I think, one of the more easier brackets in that in that West. Um, you would potentially have a matchup with North Carolina in the Sweet 16, which is a team that they 
they did lose too early in the season, but that was a completely different Michigan team. Um, and kind of the same North Carolina team. So I think Michigan's definitely playing at the pace North Carolina is right now and maybe better. So they could potentially win that game. They, uh, I think they would have a matchup with Gonzaga and Dolly eight and, uh, potentially move on to, uh, that would be a great game against Gonzaga. Um, I think Michigan would struggle with Gonzaga a little bit. Um, but Gonzaga outside their, their five, they're not very deep. So, um, Michigan would just have to play smart and, um, just hopefully play the way they need to play and maybe get some those guys into foul trouble and, um, move on to Final Four, um, where they face Virginia. Um, I know I did have Arizona, but I'm just looking at a bracket that uh, I had. I did have Virginia because, I mean, it is March Madness. Having multiple brackets is definitely something you should do. Um, so if it was Virginia, Virginia is a very good defensive team. Uh, that would be tough. Um, Arizona is really up and down team. They have three guys that can score the ball. Um, but if you face Virginia, Virginia has like four or five guys that can score the ball. So, you know, they got Kyle Guy, they've got Devon Hall, they've got Hunter, and one of my favorite guys is Ty Jerome. So um, that would be a really good game versus Virginia. Um, my my bias and I don't know if you call it slappiness homer comes out, and I would I would take Michigan in that game. Uh, and then um, on the other side, um, I would have Duke um, over there and Villanova. Um be another great game. Uh, Villanova did lose last year in the second round, and but the previous year they won the national championship. So um, if you look at one seeds, they've only lost twice in the second round in the past, I think, I think it was eight years. So um, we'll pick a one seed there. I've got Duke in the national championship against Michigan, and then I've got Michigan winning the, winning the whole thing. So, um, you know, I think Michigan – He's going to have to play perfect in a couple of those games for them to win the win the national championship. So, yeah, uh, Craig, your your thoughts on the uh, conversation? Well, you know, you know, if you look at the first game, obviously, I was listening to Bayless or on uh, the rate uh, ESPN, just listening to him, and he actually made a pretty good point, saying a lot of teams, if you look at this Thursday and Friday. Um, you look at a lot of teams, a lot of the upsets, he said, come from um, uh, these higher seeds playing the lower seeds during the day. <laughs> and and I said, wow, that's actually a good point. I didn't even think about that. They usually don't come at night because uh, a lot of people are working or, you know, the fans aren't there or, you know, the seating and a lot of people don't take off work and things to do. And um, so Michigan's playing at night, so I like their chances. But, you know. If you dissect Montana, Montana has actually been a very pretty consistent team as while Michigan, on the other hand, has been streaky, but uh, not recently. They've been really, really very playing very well defensively, actually, um, in the past uh, eight to nine games. So uh, Montana actually is one of those teams I'm just a little bit worried about only because of the very fact is they're a very good rebounding team. Um, they've been very consistent. They got uh, a couple of players on there that are very good. I think they're mostly juniors and seniors on that team. So um, they got experience, but, um, you know, coming out of their, their conference, you know, doesn't b- bode very much, but uh, Montana is not a team you want to 
sleep on, I guess you want to say. But uh, um, my final four, I got Michigan moving on. Um, I do have them playing North Carolina, like Michael said. And I think Beeline wants another shot at North Carolina because North Carolina did beat them. Um, but North Carolina is playing similar to Michigan where they're now uh, – North Carolina has been very streaky all year. But they're now they're starting to play very well. It's kind of like Kentucky. You look at Kentucky. Kentucky was got awful all year, and now they're yeah. Yeah. see champions. <laughs> they're doing great. And I went, oh, I, just in time, right? <laughs> I was surprised how they won the. I don't. I don't yeah. When they won the SEC championship, I was like, I was kind of like shocked. I was like, I didn't yeah. even think they were even doing well. Okay, well, <laughs> I know. Kentucky for you. I did. I said the same thing. I watched the game. I went, wow, they're, they're, you know, maybe they're coming on strong at the right moment. And that's Michigan. And, you know, me, I'm a little bit, the only thing that concerns me is, and that this it's either a question you can answer, Caleb, or maybe Michael want to jump in is, does this hurt Michigan? Because the very fact has had so much time off, you know, when you get a hot team that does well within two to three ga- uh, days of playing, you get Michigan who's had quite a few days off. Does it hurt them? You know, and you want that momentum going into these games. Um, but uh, yeah, Michigan's going to be interesting because I haven't gone on to play North Carolina. That's going to be a tricky one to call. I, I, I have Michigan winning that game, but I'm leery of it. Um, but Virginia, and then like my, I have Michael Wright with you, buddy. Uh, I have Villanova and Duke playing on the other side. Um, I don't think Duke is strong enough to beat Villanova, and then I have Villanova winning it all. So, okay, nice. yeah, just done. The coach has been there. He he knows how to coach. Uh, he's been there before with less talent. So, yeah. Well, I'll start off. Um my spiel about it with I feel like this is one of the years where anything can happen. I know people say every year, but really this year there's no, you know, one to four teams that you're looking at and saying, oh, yeah, this team is going to be in the final four. Like forget just saying the national championship, but it's like this team is going to be in the final four. There's no team that you can really look at and say that. Um, It's kind of an open, uh, open path for anybody I feel like it might be chaotic more than normal. Honestly, I'm almost putting in there that this could be the year that 16 beats a one. Uh, oh yeah. Wow. So wow. I, I've got that on, uh, I, I'm like Michael, I fill out multiple brackets. So that's definitely on several of my brackets. I think I've got like five or something like that, but, uh, but yeah, so Michigan, Montana, definitely <clears throat> like Craig, you were saying, not something to sleep on. Um, a, you were talking about the, them being on a break, the little bit that I'd be worried about is them starting off the NCAA tournament like they started off the Big Ten tournament, which playing a team like Montana, that could be very difficult for them to have a start like that. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be my biggest concern for that game um, is the slow start, letting the team hang around and things like that. Honestly, I think they're on their streak, and I think they're going to stay on their streak at least for a few games. Um, I mean, they've got that attitude and that confidence going on. Uh, they they look and have been playing like a team that you don't want to run into into the, in the tournament. So I, I'm really thinking and hoping that they might be able to continue that over, even though they had that time off and bring it into the tournament. Um, you guys have already touched on the big teams that they're going to have to face out of their region. Um, 
if they are the Michigan team that we saw in the Big Ten tournament, no matchup in this entire bracket would worry me or, like, well, would frighten me or worry me, I guess. Like, I would look at it and be like, Michigan can beat them. Not saying that Michigan will beat them, but Michigan can compete and Michigan could win the game. Uh, you can, you couldn't say that in previous years. I mean, I know that we uh, they had the uh, championship uh, qualifying team from I may be missing up the year 2013 or whatnot, and but that year, mm-hmm. you know, it, it each matchup there were matchups where we're like I don't know, I don't know, but th- this I look at it, it's just like whoever they run into, I'm I'm pretty confident. Uh, here before things start that I would not be worried that they uh, couldn't win the game. So, um, yeah, I've got uh, I've got Michigan in my official bracket just because, like I said, this is this is part of the the Homer thing, maybe. But also for me, just saying that this year, it I feel like it's so wide open. I put them winning the championship because, I, like I said, if they're on that streak and they keep that streak going, I don't think anybody's going to really want to play them. Uh, but as for far as the final four go, I have, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Virginia then. And uh, I, I had Wichita state coming, oh, wow. coming okay. out of East. Uh, they're, hmm. they, they're in the tournament a lot. They have a good coach. They perform well. Uh, so I think they're going to be able to get back into the, um, the final four. And I think, Villanova, so yeah, um, and I think out of the Midwest, I can't remember if I was having Duke. I, I know I had Duke and quite a few of them uh, going through there and everything. So, uh, as far as some of the other Big Ten teams go, uh, to mention, I think Purdue will do okay. I think they'll make the Sweet Sixteen. I don't know if they'll make it past that into the Elite Eight. Uh, honestly, for Ohio State. They could be bouncing the first round, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With the yeah. way with the way they've been performing, that was uh, something that I had been uh, discussing with some people. And then you have Michigan State uh, over there uh, in the Midwest with Duke, and so that's tricky. They they always struggle with Duke. In fact, they lost to Duke in the beginning of the season, and they and Duke didn't even have their best player. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I don't I don't see that. And yeah, like you said, they've always struggled with them. So I don't really see them getting past the, the sweet 16 unless something crazy happens and Duke doesn't get there. Uh, but that's kind of tough to say and everything. So honestly, I I think that Michigan, even if it's not a final four team, I think Michigan is going to be the Big Ten team that makes it the furthest. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on the other uh, conference teams that are in there and maybe how far they'll be going or who makes it the furthest. I know we've all got Michigan going pretty far. so. Yeah, Michigan's a great team. Um, it's hard to sleep on Michigan right now. Uh, people were sleeping on them a little bit, and they kind of proved people wrong. Um, going back um, to Michigan State a little bit, um, they, they we all know they kind of struggled with Duke, and I think Tom Izzo's, what, 1-11 versus Coach K, I think he's got what well, one win. His one win came a long time, I, probably 2005, I think it was. So it's quite a while. And the question in that game is if Grayson Allen's playing good, because yeah. he's the one that played good in that first game. If he didn't play good in that first game, Michigan State probably would have won that game. And he's not playing really good right now. So it, uh, we'll see if he plays good in those first two games. Um, jumping over to Ohio State's side in the West, 
I think they could lose to South Dakota State. I think um, if Diop and uh, Tate aren't playing good, then they could lose. Um, that's one game that I have. One of my brackets I do have as an upset, which, hey, it's March Madness. Uh, you got to have some upsets. So um, one of my bigger upsets, though, um, is up here in the east is um, I got Murray State over West Virginia, and then I have Wichita State beating Murray State. Um, and actually one of my brackets I had Marshall beating Wichita State in a, so a 12 and 13 matchup in that second round. Uh, so, um, you know, anything can happen. Um, right below them, Purdue, though, another Big Ten team. Um, they would potentially play Butler or Arkansas. And if they play Butler, then that's pretty much a, a home game for both teams. I know they're playing in Detroit, but they're both in the same state, correct? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, that would be a pretty interesting game. Um, I think Purdue. I think Purdue and Michigan and Michigan State are the three teams that have the best chance to go far. far. Um, Ohio State's kind of on the outside looking in right now, but um, you know that's where I kind of stand with the Big Ten teams. So we could, like you guys are saying, it's this bracket. I was was thinking the same thing. It's kind of there's no teams that really stick out to me that grab me and say, hey, we're going to win the national championship this year, and it's it's not going to be close. Like. Look at Kentucky when they won the national championship uh, the last time. I mean, they had a star-studded team. So, or Duke when they won in 2015. So it's uh, it's really hard to to judge. It's what makes it fun, though. So, yep. Um, and you're right. You know, you're talking about some of these teams. You know what? You know, if I could pick a couple teams that are, you know, like you you brought you brought up Butler, and that was an interesting one. Is they're not they're not a number t- ten team. They're much higher than that. Everybody knows yeah. that they're a great team. Um, it, it, yeah, I've got a couple teams, you know, that I could say that are a little bit uh, interesting. I think I've got uh, like your Caleb. You're talking about North Dakota State, which could give uh, Ohio State some upset right there. Is a really on a low. Loyola beating Miami, Florida is a really interesting one because they're playing really, really good. Um, uh, Davidson could give Kentucky, like we were talking about Kentucky having times where they play great and then they don't play great at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if I could ask a question with you guys is could you pick, pick one team that seems to be ranked very, very high that you say could get bounced early like the very first game or the second tier or, you know, going into this tournament that you can see happening. I've got mine. <laughs> so, so, say, it, so say like, what's the question then exactly again? Sorry. Well, what team do you see really high that can get bounced in the first game or maybe in the second round? Uh, I think I know who you're going to say, and I think it's the same team that I'm going to say, and I'm going to yeah. say Kansas. Right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. mine. So you think Kansas, Kansas is going to be get beat by Pennsylvania then? Yeah, um, sixteen. I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying they could get bounced in the second round because uh, you know I'm a I'm from Kansas City. I'm a kind of a Kansas Missouri kind of fan, and okay. Kansas is one of those teams where everybody jumps on. And uh, I've had some pretty popular Twitter people, you know, talk to me about that. And I said, look, you know, being a Kansas fan. Um, it's really heartbreaking because every time they get in the tournament, it just seemed to, you know, Bill Self just doesn't do well, even though he won the championship. Um, for, oh, since oh, then, yeah, yeah, it's been a long time and like, you know, 10 years. So he, he, 
he doesn't do well in tournaments. They never play up their uh, to their talent. They always get the top uh, players in the country, you know, the top five in recruiting, and they can never do it. And so, <laughs> go ahead. If you look, if you look at Kansas, they were the second number one seed to lose in the second round, and that was 2010 when they lost to Northern Iowa. That yeah. that uh, that matchup, and and everyone was like, "Wow, that really happened." Well, I mean, yeah, and, and they're kind of reminiscent of kind of Duke. I mean, I know Duke's won a lot, and you know, they've won many national championships, but you know, they got bounced in the second round last year, I think it was, and then they lost in the Sweet 16 previous. And if you're Duke, that's not good enough to reach the Sweet 16 when you're Coach Gay and you've won as much as he's won. So that's kind of cool that you're from Kansas. You can kind of relate to that that uh, a lot too. And, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe not so on a good end, but, you know. But um, so, yeah, they, they have a uh, – Michael, do you they, have one that you can think of that, you know, that you have – that you're a little leery of? Um the high rank that you're not sold on, I guess. I, if I, I don't know, it's tough. I would e- either say uh, West Virginia or a Florida. Um, I don't know if I'm quite sold on Florida because they seems like you know they play in the SEC and the SEC's up and down, and it looks like they if they do well in the SEC, it looks like they're a great team. Well, SEC is not that great of a conference in, in my opinion for basketball. Right, at least right now this year, definitely is not not doing well. Um, you know, if you have Auburn winning that the whole the whole turn, tournament, I mean, you can tell the SEC is down. So, um, <laughs> you know, so I would say Florida is definitely, I guess, my pick. Um, West Virginia um, would be another one, but uh, it's it's kind of tough because it's just brackets, uh, you know, a little a little tough to tough to choose. Um, you know, I, I that's a good question though. I never really really thought about that. Um, and you know, Miami's another one too. Um, I have Loyola Loyal Chicago beating Miami because I know Miami's playing without Bruce Brown, one of the best, their best players. Um, so, it's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. I was upset teams. You know, Mike, I brought I said about Loyola Chicago was my upset over uh, Miami in this, but uh, yeah, you bring it up. West Virginia is a great point because you know I watched some of their games and they were uh, they were on the lower end of uh, they really did really, really well. And then they just seemed to peter out big time as the conference came around. And then um, their last games, they seemed to not play well. So they're really going into this tournament um, on the total opposite end of the spectrum of Michigan. So uh, West Virginia is a really good pick. I think it could get bounced too. Yeah, I think they did lose to, I think they lost maybe last year, the previous year early. I'm not sure which year it was. It's so hard to remember that kind of things. But I felt like they underperformed in the tournament of you know, one of the two last years. So I kind of had that in my mind a little bit. Um, I knew they have good – they like to trap you, and they like to force turnovers. And they did that, you know, three or four years ago when they faced Kentucky, I think it was. So they like to do that. So that, that might help them against Murray State. But I guess uh, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it's – it's March Madness. I mean, we all know how how that runs uh, each year. So, and like I already stated, this year looks like it's going to be more chaos than most. So, I'll stand by that. If a one seed is going to lose this year, that I'll put Kansas out there for that bid. But uh, yeah, I think we'll we'll end things there. Um, obviously, we might touch uh, Craig and I might touch on points with this moving forward as the tournament progresses. But those are early thoughts. Um, 
we'll still be keeping this uh, a football podcast moving forward, but we'll be keeping updates as the tournament goes on. So um, we'll wrap things up here. Uh, it's been a good episode. Uh, Michael, appreciate you coming on. Glad that we were able to get you on. We've actually talked about it for a while. So uh, thanks for <laughs> taking time with us. And uh, anything, uh, go ahead and uh, share your Twitter handle here uh, before we sign off. And anything, uh, any announcement or anything going on with you and your podcast, sir? Um, my, my Twitter handle is um, ML Kowalski. Um, 17 so you guys can go ahead and follow me on there check out uh, my content and stuff like that and then you can pretty easily find the empty sports show twitter handle off that um one thing i do have planned is um i am looking to do a some sort of bigger thing with michigan football and, and michigan basketball um it would not be on a podcast side i probably would still do the podcast but this might be a little bit more more bigger um you guys want to see more details um when things are moving forward with it i'm talking with some other folks that do michigan football and i'm just trying to get some things to go together because i know it's going to cost some money to do um and something that's it's bigger it's it's a bigger idea that I, i've wanted to do for a while it's just actually getting it to uh you know out there i have the idea and how to and want to do it but just to you know get it out there and do it is the biggest question so you guys can kind of see maybe some updates on that um here here maybe in the next couple months or so um i would love to get it done before michigan uh starts spring spring uh but i just don't know if that's possible um it seems like it's just too close um it's cutting it way too close so um we will see what what things bring with that so you guys just be on the lookout for that so uh, i thank you guys for having me on today um, I, I appreciate you guys uh, just letting me come on and talk talk some Michigan basketball, Michigan uh, football, and recruiting. Um, I hope to be on here um, another time. So, I, and again, I thank you. Yeah, no problem. And we will uh, definitely be looking to that, uh, maybe having you on again, because uh, we've got lots of off-season stuff, different things going on, and we like to change it up. So we appreciate you being on here. And uh, we'll go ahead and finish here. We thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you all have a great week. And we'll finish things off with Go Blue. Go Blue. Go Blue.